Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. Uh, we're taking a break from the series uh, which Pastor Matthew has been doing. Pastor Matthew is not here with us today. All right, so uh, I've decided to just step in, and uh, I like to call these, uh, you know, standalone messages. As uh, you know, especially when it comes in between a series, I like to call it an intermission, if you may, or an interval. You have those intervals, right? When you're watching a long movie. Some of you like it, some of you don't. How many of you have been to a theater? Wrong place to ask. This is a church. I shouldn't be asking that question, right? All right. Um, before we get into the word, okay, I want to say something about you know something that happened with me and my family. You know, just recently, not family in sense. My second son, his name is Ethan. He's three years old. All right. And uh, one of the things you know that both my boys do in the evening time in our nearby flat, you know, there's They've got like a small kind of an area where you know these kids kind of come together in the evening. There's no school, all right. So online is everything that's happening right now. Some of you know what I'm talking about, all right. And and uh, the only time they really enjoy themselves is you know they get to meet some people is when they are with their friends, all right. When they go downstairs, you know below our apartment. And there's a huge slope. If you've been to my apartment, you've noticed there's a huge slope right you know right next to my apartment. and uh, one of the things that you know most of the older boys do is they take their cycles and they try to cycle up that slope okay and uh, ethan you know being small of course he doesn't have cycle balance one of the things that he loves to do is he loves to get me to push him up that slope because why all the kids can cycle and pedal up that slope but he can't so he wants me to push up that slope so this last week you know uh, i kept pushing him and trust me it's not easy to push a cycle with a child on it all right some of you fathers if you've ever experienced that you know what i'm really talking about but pushing him up that slope all right we go up a little bit and then we turn around you know in order to come down that slope and um, suddenly you know his so far you know he was happy going up that slope when we're coming down that slope his whole face changes you know he suddenly comes into this place where he's a little panicky he's looking down this thing and i notice that you know his whole countenance has changed and i ask him what happened and the only words that came out of his mouth was don't let me go you need to understand we middle midway through the slope and we're coming down now you know i'm holding a cycle and we're coming down the slope and the only words that he's looking at me and he's saying is don't let me go i told him why it's nice you know you can go full throttle all the way down that slope it should be fun I said no i'm scared i'm just scared and now you know I was thinking about that whole incident that took place, and I was thinking that okay, man. I mean, it's understandable. He's only three years old. I mean, give him a break. He's only three years old. Obviously, you know, when he grows up, there is a probability that you know he will get more courageous, and maybe he'll get a little more mature. He will learn how to pedal his cycle by himself. You know, all of those factors put together. Yes, all that is true. He's three. But what happens with those people who grow older and who never get over their fears? hello what happens to those people you know just i mean okay you know ethan's only 3 it's understandable but what happens with those people you know you keep growing up you know you become 10 you become 15 you become 20 you become 30 40 50 and you still carrying some of these fears that actually can i put it this way stops you from doing all that god has called you to do i'll think about ethan for just a second Imagine if he had given me the permission to let me leave him, you know, down that slope. It's scary because he's a three-year-old. He doesn't know the brakes. He doesn't know how to slow down. He doesn't know how to turn. All he knows is to look forward, and whatever is coming his way, that's what he's going to get. But imagine if he would have been able to experience that full throttle down that slope. Would you think he would have enjoyed it if he knew the brakes? If he knew all of those things, he might have. Because I know the older kids do. My question, you know, this evening, even as we're going to get into God's word, is: What if some of us 
we still carrying you know some of these fears we still carrying some of these insecurities you know that stop us from enjoying or you know looking to the place where god actually wants us to be you know our title today's message is unstoppable do you know why because i believe as a children of god you know if if you know if you if you are a follower of jesus christ and you really believe in jesus i strongly believe that each of us are called to be unstoppable in the areas you know that god has called us to be in in the places where god wants us to take up in charge and you know to move forward in the things of god that god wants us to take part can i ask you this question how many of you believe that you are unstoppable okay we have not had offline church for quite a long time okay so when i ask a question i expect some return answers at least raise up your hands do you believe that you are unstoppable okay i've got like two hands so either the others have not really got it but i'm hoping that you get it by the end of today's message all right now here's what i believe i believe you know that one of the things that stops us from actually becoming unstoppable or being you know the person that god has really called us to be you know that one person who actually stops us from being all that you know we're called to become it's not the devil it's easy to put the blame on the devil anything something goes wrong it's satan it's the devil it's you know it's easy to put that blame on the past the buck on that person but the one person that stops us from becoming all that god has called us to be is ourselves we put a hindrance we put a block you know from god in accomplishing all that god wants us to accomplish in our lives it's our fears it's our insecurities you know some of us you know we have the fear of rejection we feel that man if i want to go up there and if i want to do all the things that god has called me to do i will not be able to accomplish half the things that is i will mess up i will look like a fool i will you know not be able to you know do it and when you look at somebody else doing it or performing it you feel like man they're so good at it they're so you know amazing i don't think i will be able to ever reach up to that level we come to a place where we you know we put ourselves down over and over again you know these insecurities that keep popping up you know sometimes you know we think that man those those you know you feel that you're not good enough have you ever felt that way you know i feel that i'm not good enough i don't think i have the you know what it takes you know to go up you know or to do you know what god has actually called me to do and too many times you know when opportunity comes our way we 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 you know we all of these insecurities you know it just comes up to the top surface level and it pushes us down it stops us from taking a foot forward you know confidently saying that man i'm going to do it i might look like a fool but that's okay but many times our fears holds us back our insecurities holds us back it keeps pushing us back into one shell into one corner and we keep telling ourselves that man i don't think i will ever be all that we we you know and here's here's a funny thing you know of late you know uh, there's this new culture which i learned about okay it's called as the post christian culture have you heard any of you heard of the post christians okay post christians are the ones who know everything in the bible they know the word of god they know the promises of god but they simply don't believe they don't believe you know we 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 say we, you know we, we we sing songs like man i'm a child of god you know i'm this i'm that they say it but they simply don't believe it and because of that many times it holds them back to becoming or doing all that god wants them to do or become you know the whole message that i want to share today revolves around this one principle all right and the principle is this the path to your greatest potential is often to your greatest fear can i say that again the path to your greatest potential you know the path to which you know god has called you to become all that he wants you to become is often hidden behind your greatest fear what is the one thing that you fear the most and maybe or possibly what if that's the path that you need to take to to become or you know do all that god is calling you or asking you to become you know paul in his letter to timothy Timothy was a young pastor at that time and Paul in his letter to Timothy you know you know what he comes and tells Timothy Timothy you know was carrying a little bit of fear pastor Timothy was carrying a little bit of fear and Paul outrightly comes and tells Timothy you know in his letter he tells him you know in 2 Timothy 1:7 you know he's telling him for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power of love and a sound mind he's saying listen Timothy this fear that you're carrying is not from God 
it's not at all from god you need to understand this is not from god this is absolutely not from god he's not given us a spirit of fear but he's given us power he's given us love he's given us a sound mind this fear that you're carrying it doesn't come from god it comes from the enemy he calls it a spirit spirit is a demonic spirit you know and he's saying spirit is a demonic spirit that has been given by the enemy and it's not from god and you need to learn to overcome that particular spirit of fear and many times you know when we look through the we read through the entire bible we read through the entire scripture if you're a follower of christ you know i'm sure you've read through the scriptures and many of the scriptures that you know point to so many things like man uh, you know i was knit together in my mother's womb i know the plans that he has for me he has plans to prosper me and not harm me you know some of these scriptures we keep claiming it over our lives isn't that true but when it comes to that place or that time and we have to buck up i mean have to step up and to do you know what god has called us to do we often shrink back by saying that man i'm not good enough i think i need some more time i think you know i need to prepare a little more i think you know i need to go through a lot of these we hold ourselves back so many times simply because of the fear that creeps up in our heart that holds us back from doing all that god has called us to do i want us to look at you know a man today all right and he was very similar to many of us he carried a lot of fears he carried a lot of insecurities we're going to look at some of those but god had a very very divine strong plan for him he was called to be a leader he was called to be a mighty warrior all right how many of you have heard of the name of gideon I expect some hands to go up. Thank you very much. Okay. Now, Gideon, you know, always will hold a special place in my heart. Do you know why? Okay. Um, some of you might relate to this. Okay. Some of you good Bible students may not. I remember, you know, this was one youth camp that I was attending. And I was seated on the front row. All right. It was a youth camp. I was seated on the front row, first chair. Which is why I always had, you know, a phobia about, you know, first chairs. Because I thought... that's like the holy place that's not the place that you're supposed to be but in that camp somehow they pushed you know some of us you know right to the front seat i'm sitting right there we had a huge lunch and the next session was in the afternoon so the preacher comes up and he starts talking any idea where this is going i'm sitting in right in the front row he starts speaking and let me be honest i just start dozing off all right and imagine you know sitting right you know in front of the speaker or your teacher or okay, and he's seeing you doze off what's the thing that they normally do i know i have never seen pastors or preachers ever do this but he had the rack or the nerve to do that all right he comes up all right and he says you and suddenly you know i'm like just caught like okay what and he asked me this question now you need to get this straight okay i just started coming to church i just become a believer so i don't know any of the old testament heroes he comes up to me and he looks at me you who is gideon and i'm i'm you know for a moment i'm taken aback by this question i'm thinking what if gideon is a bad guy in the bible or is a good guy i have no idea and you know everyone is staring him have you ever been in a place where you know you're like one who's caught and everyone is staring at you i'm in that place and i'm sitting right in the front seat and he stopped this sermon he stopped his message and he's asking me who is gideon and you know just like that you know you know that reflex answers that sometimes comes out reflex you know out of reflex the answer that came out for me was gideon was a man of god and then suddenly you know he takes back and he's like how huh, okay and then he just goes on the whole message believe it or not i kept my eyes wide open just to figure out if gideon was really a man of god or did i say it wrong what if gideon was a bad guy so gideon you know always has had a special place for me but you know some of you know the story of gideon some of you know you know you know what gideon was called to do all right and and let you know let's just pick up reading his story all right it's found in judges chapter 6 verse 1 to 2 here's what it says the children of israel did evil in the sight of the lord so the lord delivered them into the hand of midian for 7 years and the hand of midian prevailed against israel because of the midianites the children of israel made for themselves the dens the caves and the strongholds which are in the mountains now let's understand what's going on here all right by the time you know we reach to this particular portion of the story okay that's happening It's been around 200 years and this battle between the Israelites and the Midianites has been happening for almost 200 years. Now as it is always you know with Israelites and you know when if, if you've read you know through the you know the Old Testament scriptures you know what this is true about the Israelites. The Israelites often had a tendency to do what? 
every time you know they would walk with god they would see victory after victory and god had actually given them victory over the midianites you know it says and you know even in that particular story when you read further down it says the midianites were huge in number that you couldn't even number the people that were there in midian they were you know they say the, the comparison that's given there there was this, the number that were midianites that were there were as huge as swarms of locusts they just couldn't count the number of people that were there and and here you know that's what it said before we reach this particular portion of scripture it says you know that almost 200 years ago you know god had given them victory after victory but what happens to israel normally when they see a victory happened here israel started to forget god they started you know to enjoy the blessings you know that god had given to them they started you know worshiping other gods they started going away from god and as always you know god takes his hand of blessing from them and now suddenly the midianites are coming back for what guess what they're back for revenge they want to you know take back everything that the israelites had been plundering them for years together they're back for revenge the hand of god is not upon the israelites and added to the fact that if you read the history of this entire thing it's beautiful you know because it says the midianites were the first group of people that domesticated the camel for infantry battle purposes so for the first time the israelites are actually seeing the midianites riding on camels coming to attack them. what do you think is going on through the mind of the israelites at that time oh my god what's that this scared this so scared and that's why you know in that scripture there it says you know towards the end that the israelites just ran for their life they ran for their life they were filled with fear they so scared they went and you know they started hiding in the dens and the caves and the strongholds that was there. but then as always which has been a repetitive pattern you find in the story of israel you know what israel does now yes what come on they cry out to god as always they go back to god and they cry out to god and they say lord please deliver us from these midianites you know they they be hiding in fear because of what they've done to us and they're all caught up in this particular place and as always does god answer their prayer yes god says you know i'm going to answer your prayer all right and as always god decides to choose one man to send to deliver them from this plunder that was happening there and that man's name was kitty but what's interesting about gideon's story is how or where gideon was found all right you read further down you know it says, says there um, chapter 6 was 11 to 12 god sends you know the angel of the lord the angel of the lord came and sat under the terrible tree which was in ophra which belonged to joash the difficult word okay while his son gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the midianites and the angel of the lord appeared to him and said to him the lord is with you you mighty man of valor The angel of the Lord appears before Gideon. Where is Gideon found? He's threshing wheat in the. It's there, isn't it? He's threshing wheat in the wine press. Do you know what the wine press is used for? It's it's pretty evident right there. Wine press is used for pressing out wine. All right, you make wine in a wine press. you don't thresh wheat in a wine press so where is gideon now he's hiding out of fear he's threshing the wheat where in a place where you don't thresh wheat you find it you know he's found in that wine press hiding out of fear from the midianites and where he is there the angel of the lord comes straight where he is at and tells him what the lord is with you you mighty man of valor in some translations it says you mighty warrior Oh you know what's interesting about this Gideon is in a place where he's in full filled with fear he's scared he doesn't know what to do all right he's just like you know his family and probably all of his clan of people who is there he's all you know completely in hiding he has absolutely no clue and here the angel of the lord comes and tells him hey you who's hiding in fear you're a mighty warrior you know here's something that that many times you know it's puzzled me you know throughout you know all the years that i walked with the lord the lord doesn't look at the position that we are in. he does every time he looks at you he looks at you know what he's created you to be i want you to understand he always doesn't look at you you know where you are you might be you know maybe good for nothing in some place you know in some dark corner there but when he looks at you he doesn't look at the fact that man this guy he is a good for nothing he's out there you know man nobody wants him when he looks at you 
he looks at you at all that he's created you to become and when this angel of the lord came before you know gideon even though gideon was hiding in fear nobody knew who gideon was gideon was just a you know another face in the crowd but yet the angel of the lord came sat down there and when he saw gideon you know what he said he said the lord is with you you mighty warrior even before he had done anything even before he had accomplished anything even before he set his first foot you know to do something for the lord the lord looks at all that he had created him to be and he called him a mighty warrior see here's something that we need to also understand every time god looks at you he doesn't see you the way you see yourself many times you know we allow these fears and insecurities you know to bubble up all the way to the top and we say that man i am like this i am like that i'm a failure i'm you know i've messed up so many times i have committed great blunders and we keep putting ourselves down over and over and over again so much so to the point or the to the extent you know where we say that man i don't know if god can really use me anymore i don't think i can become all that god has called me to become why because i've messed up i'm a failure anytime anybody looks at me you know people would just laugh and people would say this guy i know who he is and yet when god looks at you he doesn't take a list of all those bad things or all those failures and all those mess up and all those things that bubbling inside your head he looks at you and he calls you for whom he's created you to become god sees in you something that you don't see in yourself god saw in gideon something that gideon had not seen in himself One more thing that I want us to remember, you know, God doesn't care about our position; He cares for our potential. When God created you, when God created me, He knew what He was creating us for. There's nothing you don't find it. You go through the scriptures, you do a study of all the creation of God. For everything that God created, He had a purpose. And when God created you, and God created me, He created us for a purpose. He didn't create, you know, just because you know he wanted more and more people inside of the world. Every one of us has been born or been created with a very specific divine purpose in mind. And you know what, 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 what's the bridge or what's the gap that exists? You know, is in us trying to find out what God has created us for. Otherwise, many times we will be stuck or we will be in a place where nobody wants to be. I want us to, you know, just for a moment, look at some of Gideon's insecurities here. All right. Number one. Maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you can't. Okay. One of Gideon's insecurity. One of the thing that was holding Gideon back. All right. Was Gideon was afraid that God wasn't faithful. Gideon was afraid, you know, that God wasn't faithful. You read the next verse. As soon as you know, the angel of the Lord calls him a mighty warrior. You know what Gideon tells him? Oh my Lord, if the Lord is really with us. Then why has all this happened to us? Where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, you know, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Isn't that a valid question? I mean, think it's like what close to two years of COVID. How many of us have asked the Lord, Lord, why COVID? When are you going to take this thing out of this land or out of this world? Where are all your promises? Where is everything that you said would happen? And you know, all of those things. I don't know if you have ever come to a place where you've asked the Lord, Lord, you promised this in your word, and I've not seen it come to pass. Where are you? And that's exactly the question that Gideon was asking here. Lord, where are you in the midst of everything that's happening? You promised, you know, that Israel was going to be a great nation. You promised this. You promised that. And here we are, like you know, monkeys or you know, mice. We are mouse, like you know, just hiding away in our rat holes here. And you, we don't see you doing anything. And he's posing a question before God, and he's asking God, God, where are you in the midst of all of this? Everywhere I look around, everyone is hiding. Everyone is filled with fear. We are not in the place that you have called us to be in. What are we going to do? And what are you doing about it, Lord? And that was a question, you know. That was, you know, the the tense at which you know Gideon was questioning what was happening there. But many times, you know, the problem with many times, you know, that we see is that you know we don't really come to a place where we. like i said earlier there is a there is a disconnect i like to call it a disconnect between you know what what the word really says or the scriptures really tell us and how much we believe in what those scriptures actually there's a huge gap there's a huge void between you know knowing what is there in fact you know what i've seen most people is you know they know the scriptures really well 
if i were to ask them hey do you think you can come up on sunday and you know share the word with us i'm telling you most of these people can share such a beautiful word but when you see their lives and when you see you know do are they being able to apply these scriptures into their daily lives you see a huge disconnect and you ask them hey man where's your faith where's your you know your belief do you really believe ah oh, i believe but i'm not sure and sometimes you know when we when we tend to see what's happening around us we tend to come to a place where you know sometimes the ability to believe in the scriptures of the word of god also becomes questioned we're not sure if it's really true but you know you know what's one of the names that's given to our heavenly father one of the names that's given to our heavenly father one of the names of jesus is faithful did you know that his name is faithful he is faithful and you know this is something you know the hebrews writer he puts it this way okay hebrews uh, chapter 13 verse 5 to 6 here's what he says god said i will never never fail you nor forsake you Can we all say that out loud together? I will never, never fail you, nor forsake you. That is why we can say without any doubt or fear, the Lord is my helper, and I am not afraid of anything that mere man can do. It's easy to read that, but it's not easy to apply. I am not afraid of anything that mere man can do to me. Why? because the lord is my helper and the lord has told me that he will never never fail me nor forsake me yeah that's what i'm saying most of us we know the scripture don't we but when we come through a situation or when we see you know circumstances happening around us and we begin to think that man the lord said nothing will happen to me you know one of the things you know that that many times you know like one of the questions that i got asked you know over the last one years hey i'm a child of god i believe in the promises of god but i got covid why what do you answer to that does it mean that the lord is not faithful does it mean that you know the lord is not going to be by your side and many times you know when you look at you know everything that's happened in that person's life you begin to see that man can't you recognize the only reason that you know you've seen so many of these things that's happening is because god was there with you right through all of that things that was happening there you're walking through a fiery furnace and you think that man why did god put me into the fiery furnace instead of recognizing the jesus who's been walking right behind you in that fiery furnace you know what's what's what i love about this one particular scripture okay the amplified version it puts it this way okay here's what god says take it so i will not i will not i will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake nor let you down relax my hold on you once more assuredly not can you can you count how many times he says that there how many times how many times come on i am i am waiting for an answer how many times are you sure three or four this three on top can you see the no in the down four times three times he says i will not i will not let you in any degree leave you helpless and then he you know just to make sure that you know he puts an apostrophe or you know he says you know one more exclamation hey listen i hope you didn't forget what i said in the beginning assuredly not you know why he's saying this so emphatically because he wants us to not forget the fact that listen doesn't matter what the situation that you're doesn't matter you know the circumstances that you see that's happening around you you should always you know walk with that mindset that hey listen i am walking through a difficult situation in my life i am going through a dry season in my life but listen i know for sure that the lord is still walking with me why because i believe in what he's told me and he is not a liar he's a man or he's a god who keeps his promise Gideon was afraid that God wasn't faithful but God was faithful and in fact the deliverance was coming right through him and he had no idea there's another thing you know what I want to quickly look at he was afraid that he was not good enough how many of you have battled with this i'm not good enough i don't think i'm, I'm you know good good for this all right judges 6:15 okay but lord after that one excuse was over how can i save israel me <laughs> yeah i can almost imagine what gideon was 
you know his face looked like at that time my clan is the weakest in manasse and i'm the least in my family isn't it true that every time someone tells us to do something that we already have a list of ready excuses to be presented there hello we already have a list of ready excuses and here's what gideon is doing gideon is told gideon you are the one who is supposed to go in and deliver you know the, the children of israel from the hand of the midianites and first gideon says but lord if you are really there with us you know this how oh, okay lord but lord you need to understand something about me i think you got the wrong person i'm the least in my family i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm the weakest you know and my clan is the weakest in manasseh there are so many better than me there are so many who are wiser than me there are so many who have some experience better than i have i have no experience i'm weak i have no knowledge of fighting you know in the army nothing are you sure you've got the right guy and gideon is you know listing out something which many times we find ourselves doing the same thing every time an opportunity comes up every time someone comes and asks us say hey do you think you can do this and you know what no I don't think so. I'm not sure. And and you know, no matter what, no matter how much of you know of 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 scriptures we know, of how many promises we have you know claimed ourselves, you know, we say that man, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do this. I can do that. You know, we we keep doing all of those things. Yet when it comes to taking one step forward, we find ourselves taking two steps backward. Isn't that true? Let me tell you about myself. You guys seems to be, you know, all confident and all that. Okay, I was. Okay, in fact, let me tell you this. When I'm standing up here, I'm still nervous. I've been doing this for quite some time now, and I'm still nervous every time I come up on the stage. You know, one of my prayers when I come up on the stage is that Lord help me not to be nervous. Initial days, you know, when I used to take up the mic, you know, right in the pulpit, my hands used to shiver. Sometimes I still think that shivering is there. Okay. <laughs> I remember you know when I when I was I think uh, maybe fourth or fifth standard all right um, how many of you know the indian pledge you know the indian pledge all indians are our brothers and sisters and we guys came up with except one all right i mean you, you know that right all right i don't know if the girls ever had that but i, I i'm assuming most of us guys still okay so so you know i remember fourth or fifth standard we had the assembly hall where you know all the school students were supposed to come and stand in the line all right i remember in my assembly hall we were just at one standard that was there i think fourth or fifth and those are around 500 600 students that were lined up in that hall there and one of the teachers you know she she said danny i want you to do one thing i want you to go up on the stage and i want you to um, you know read out the pledge and they will repeat it after you <laughs> what Yeah, and 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 you know, I'm, I'm like, are you sure? And she said, yeah, yeah, you. I'm very sure that you have to. So I didn't have a choice, you know. So, but she had said, you can just read it out. That's fine, no problem. And you don't understand. I'm in fourth or fifth standard. I'm like really sure. Okay. So uh, I still remember, you know, there was this is like a mic stand. There was this huge pulpit that was there, and they had a mic that was coming out like this. All right. You remember those whole heavy-handed pulpits, you know, that nobody could carry. That was something like that. okay and and she told me very distinctly backstage you know before i entered onto the stage she told me very distinctly listen danny whatever you do i don't want you to stand in front of the pulpit because you're short the pulpit is going to block you nobody can see you i want you to stand at the side of the pulpit i mean of the you know the the pulpit we call it the pulpit now i don't know what it was called back then okay but yeah it, you know stand on the side of the pulpit i don't want you to you know be there i said yeah okay fine and you know i take my diary which had the pledge on and i walk all the way up okay and i stand right in front of the pulpit so the, there's a guy you know who's trying to adjust the mic because i'm like really short he doesn't get up mic up to my height anyways all right i'm standing right behind the pulpit completely covered by the pulpit i can't see the crowd hallelujah okay i'm standing right there and the teacher is standing right there you know at the stage back no and she's screaming at the top of her voice she's shouting out danny move to the side the people can't see you and i pretended like i couldn't hear and i'm standing there and i start off all indians are my brothers and sisters and i'm waiting for the crowd to respond and then i hear the response all indians are my brothers and sisters and you know we go through the whole speech and all that time my teacher was saying any more out more out people can see you people can see you and then you know the speech is over i wrap my diary i walk back you know onto the stage you know backdrop and she's standing there did you know that you were standing in behind the pulpit nobody could see you oh really I didn't know. I was so happy. 
that you know nobody could see me on that and isn't it true about most of us that you know we would be preferably given a position that man if nobody can see us that's good enough because man i don't think i'm i'm worthy enough or i don't think i'm adequate enough you know to be able to stand up there and you know do something that we all have these fears and insecurities we all believe that you know we are not perfect we think you know man i'm i'm embedded i'm born with all of these you know problems and uh, things you know that nobody can really resolve i'm a problematic person you better stay away from and we step away from the calling that god has on our lives because of that two things you know i want to just quickly say you know i strongly believe you know if we want to become unstoppable we want to become all that god has called us to be you know one one of the things that i strongly believe right is that we need to live convinced that god can do more through us Paul writes this you know to the Ephesian church he says in Ephesians 3:20 he writes you know now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us we know some of us we know the scripture by he's saying that now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine why is it difficult for us to believe the scripture about ourselves that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that he's called each of us to do or to become we need to live convinced that he can do more in our lives than he is able to do here's number 2 take up the opportunity when it comes if you want to do all that god has called you to do if you want to become all that god has called you to become can i tell you this never say no to the opportunities that come your way don't you know bring up a list of reasons about you know why you can't and why you can and why you should not or why you must not or all of those just say yes just you know go forward in faith take a step of faith and do what god has called you to do and i promise you that will be the first few steps that god is taking you you know to the place that god wants you to come ultimately going back to the gideon story okay we're going to wrap up in just a minute You know amazing story I don't want to cover the entire story but I want you to go and look through that entire story. You know what Gideon does? Gideon finally musters up his courage, you know he he decides okay fine if God wants me to do this I will do. He musters up his courage, he goes and talks to his people and guess what's the crowd you know of the strength of the army that he was able to raise up. Okay, you go through his story, it says he was able to raise up 32,000 men who were ready to you know fight this battle alongside him. And you should remember the size of the Midianite army. there you know cannot be numbered as swarms as locusts is what you know the story goes he raises up 32000 men and the lord takes one good look at the 32000 men and you know what he says it's too much god literally looks at 32000 men and that's too much okay and he 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 says he tells gideon gideon you do me a favor all right my translation god doesn't say that okay but you know god god says you know do me a favor can you ask the men who are there whoever is afraid let them take a step back let them not come to fight for the battle gideon i'm assuming he made a proclamation he took takes the mic up in his hand he says all right all you 32000 men whoever is afraid you can go back you don't have to fight in the battle the story goes out of 32000 men 22000 walked out on gideon that they just walked away 32000 minus 22000 is how much hello 10000 yeah those are question just to make sure that you're still awake i'm just letting out a secret okay 10000 men is what he's left with now and god takes one good look at the 10000 men and he says ah that looks a little too much as well 10000 is too much you know what gideon let's do one more thing okay we're going to drink some water ultimate test gideon said now okay that sounds fine i don't think drinking water is a problem but i want you know just ask the men to drink water and he makes very a very very specific distinction you know in that story i don't have it up there please go back and read it's a wonderful story okay and and here's what god says god says i want you to make a very specific distinction i want you to watch how these 10000 people are actually going to drink water imagine just seeing a few people drink water doesn't that bore you i'm just asking okay i know it would bore me i mean imagine okay you drink how okay go next 
10,000 people. Okay. And he, he, he sees the 10,000 people do this. And here's what God says. I want you to make a distinction. And the people who are willing to, you know, literally go down all the way down. All right. Go down like a dog and lick up that water like a typical lay like a dog. Those are the people I want you to select to fight the battle. And there will be another group of people that drinks water. They may not go down all the way and, you know, lick down like a dog, you know, lap up the water that is there. But you know what these people will do? They'll probably just take, you know, water in their hand and they'll drink it that way. I don't want those people. I want the ones who are going to lap the water like a dog. You don't believe me? It's there in scripture, really. You know, looking at me like, are you sure it's in my the ones who are going to lap water like a dog, they are the ones that I want you to pick up. And guess what? By the end of, you know, 10,000 men watching everyone, you know, how they were licking water and not drinking water, guess how many people were left? 300. Can you imagine the kind of trauma that Gideon might have gone through after seeing 10,000 people drink water? That's just my mind running. I'm just asking. But he's bottled it down to 300 people. What do you think was going on through Gideon's mind? And God said, 9,700, reject. Send them back. And here, Gideon is getting ready to fight the biggest battle that he's ever fought. And he thought that, man, if I had so many people, man, I could have been able to do something. If I had, you know, so many people that at least I have a chance of, you know, making a scratch on the Midianite army. But here he is, you know, left with just 300 people and the only qualification that they had was the fact that they went down on their knees and lapped water like a dog. I mean, wow, God, I mean, your selection process is awesome. And here's Gideon, I'm imagining, as a leader, you know, about to face the biggest battle of his life, left with just 300 people going to fight. And God, Lord says, that's enough for me. That's enough for me. And here's something, you know, that... that that many historians, many theologians believe. The ones who went down to lap water like a dog. You know what that position is like? I just showed you that position. You know what that position is like? It's completely having to go all the way down. Imagine this is the pool. Imagine how low and how deep they have to really bend down to get even one lap of water. You know what that position is called? You know what's that position called? It's a completely a prostrate position. Where, you know, you're coming to a place, Lord, I'm completely surrendered to you. Completely. But the ones, you know, who are standing on the knees and taking water and laughing at, said, I don't think they will fit in. And here's what I believe very strongly, the test, you know, that God performed there to, you know, select, you know, the soldiers that were going to fight. The selection process was very simple. Or the criteria which God had was very simple. I want the ones who are completely submitted to me. Those are the ones that I'm going to use. And I wonder, you know, many of us, you know, when it comes to serving God, how many of us, you know, we have too many things on our plate where we have one thing on our one plate and one thing on the other. And are we coming into a place where we're completely surrendered and submitted to him and saying that, Lord, this is the purpose that you've called me for. And this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life till you're going to be asking me to be faithful in this place. It's a very difficult choice to too many times, you know, we have so many things that we're carrying that, man, we don't have time, you know, and we give half. Like, you know, the ones who are, you know, on their knees and lapping up the water, you know what the problem was? The other hand was free. They could have chosen to do something else with that. But in order to go down all the way, imagine this, they have to get down on all their foes. They don't have time, you know, or they don't have a space, you know, to spread out their hands for something else. I hope you're getting what I'm trying to say. They can't. They have to go down on all their foes. Why? Because they are focused on just one thing. And that one thing is the sole purpose for what God had called them to be. You know what I found in today's generation? We have a lot of people who's running around helter-skelter doing so many things. That man, I think God has called me to do this. I think God has called me to do that. I think God has called me. Are you true? Stickingly, sticking true to the vision or the mission that God has specifically called you for. Are you running around helter-skelter saying that everything is serving God? It's not. Can I tell you, it's not. 
what is the one thing that god has called you to do all right um you see this principle being carried out right through the whole scripture okay you come to the book of acts all right acts chapter 4 verse 13 we're talking about peter and john now all right uh it says here when they saw the courage of peter and john and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men they were astonished and took note that these men had been with jesus um you know what's the original translation for that word uh, unschooled uneducated untrained men do you know what's that original translation in the greek okay the original word that's used there is the word idiotes that's how it's pronounced okay um as an ignoramus okay or the spelling goes i d i o t e s it's where we derive our english word you can say it out loud it's church i know idiots all right so if i were to translate that danny's version now when they saw the boldness of peter and john they perceived that these men were idiots it's really there they marveled and they realized that they had been with jesus can i ask you this how many of you online offline are you willing to be an idiot a fool to stand in the front for the lord no experience no talents no nothing whatsoever that you can list out and say that you know i'm good at this i think i can try that are you willing to come to a place where you completely you know submitted and surrendered and say that lord i have nothing with me but if you can use me go ahead go ahead that or those are the kind of people god is looking for and you know this is what this is what um, gamaliel you know one of the pharisees at that time here's what he says we find that in the next chapter acts chapter 5 verse 38 to 39 and now i say to you the gamaliel was telling the pharisees I tell to you keep away from these men and let them alone for if this plan or this work is of men it will come to nothing if this is of man it will come to nothing you don't have to worry about it it'll stop you know by itself it'll stop it will run for a while but it'll stop but everyone say but if it is of god you cannot overthrow it lest you find even be found to fight against god in other words you become unstoppable you become unstoppable if you're willing to come to a place where you throw out everything that you know about yourself even the idiocies that you have done you might be an idiot you might be a fool but if you're saying that lord i'm ready for whatever it is that you've called me to do i'm ready to you know throw out all my fears out the window throw out all my insecurities about myself i am the weakest i'm the poorest i'm a good for nothing that's what everyone else around me tells me i'm a failure i've been rejected by most of my friends and i have nobody around me i'm just one man but if you think that i can be used by you here i am so can i tell you when you come to that place you truly become and stop Can we look to the Lord in prayer? Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. Lord, for this time that you've given to us, Lord, Father. Lord, even this word that you've spoken to us, Lord. Church, even right now, as we're in the presence of God, I want you to ask yourself this question. Have you held yourself back? at any point of time you felt that the lord was asking you to do something but you held yourself back simply because you were filled with fear just like we saw in the story of kid you know you're filled with so much of insecurity you felt that you were not good enough you're not adequate i want to ask you are you willing to put those things aside and put your trust in the lord put your trust in the heavenly father and say that lord if you think you can use me i'm ready for whatever it is that you call me to become if i am going to look like an idiot in front of people if i'm going to look like a fool in front of people it doesn't matter lord because lord i know that you are watching and i know that you are seeing and i know the bottom of my heart that i'm doing what you have called me to do. 
church, I want you to take it up as a mandate this evening. That the Lord is calling you to become unstoppable. The Lord is calling you to become all that he wants you to become. But don't hold yourself back, church. And I believe this evening that, you know, even as we have discussed some of these things this evening, that the Holy Spirit is working on something inside of some of our hearts this evening. You know, to come to a place where you're fully focused and you're fully committed, you know, to that one mission, that one vision that God has put into your heart to do what God has called you to do. Would you come to that place where you become unstoppable, where you experience everything that God wants you to experience and not hold anything back? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us, Lord, Father, this evening. Lord, we believe, Lord, Father, Lord, Lord, that we are called to become unstoppable people, Lord, Father. Lord, even in the land of Manipal, Lord, Father, Lord, where you're positioned us, where you're placed us, Lord, Father. Lord, it didn't matter where Gideon was hiding, Lord, Father, Lord, even when he was hiding inside of the wine press, Lord, Father, Lord, doing something else in that place, Lord. You still went and looked up to him, Lord, Father, Lord, and called him to do what he had was called to do, Lord, Father. Lord, we know that we are positioned in this place, Lord Father. We know, Lord Father, there are great things in store for that you have for us, Lord. And Father, we pray, Lord, that even this evening, Lord Father, Lord, we will not allow the spirit of fear to hold us back, Lord Father. But Lord, we would march forward, Lord Father. We would take steps of faith, Lord Father. And we would become and do all that you called us to become and do, Lord Father. Nothing will hold us back. The enemy cannot hold us back, Lord Father. I pray this evening, Lord Father, Lord, for every member in our church, Lord. Lord, that you would use them, Lord Father, Lord, to the utmost potential that you have for them, Lord Father, Lord. Lord, that every fear that is holding them back, Lord Father, Lord, they will go through those fears and they will become, Lord Father, Lord, that what you have called them to become, Lord. I thank you, Father, Lord, for everything that you're going to do in our lives, Lord Father. Lord, once again, want to surrender each of us into your hands, Lord Father. Even as we go from this place, Lord Father, I pray that this word would continue to remain in our hearts, Lord. That this word would, Lord Father, Lord, take root and, Lord, it will start growing in our hearts, Lord Father, and that we would become, Lord Father, Lord, strong men and women of God in the days to come, Lord Father. Bring glory and honor to you, Lord Father, in everything that we do, Lord. Lord, we want to see you, Lord Father, Lord, use us, just like you used Gideon and 300 men to overcome an entire Midianite army, Lord Father, Lord. The victory that they received, Lord Father, Lord, simply because they were willing to be obedient to what you had called them to do, Lord Father. Lord, we want to see that kind of victory in our lives, Lord. We want to see that kind of victory in our families, Lord Father. We want to see that kind of victory in our studies, in our careers, Lord Father. We want to see that kind of victory in this land of Manipal, Lord God. Oh, we thank you, Father. We want to surrender everything into your hands, Lord. In Jesus' most mighty and precious name we pray. Amen. May the love of God, our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of us now and forever. Amen. That really spoke to me and I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this. If you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.